0: Creating a podcast is one thing, but getting your show in front of the right listeners can be a different challenge altogether. My name's Adam Shepherd, and this is Sounding Board, presented by PodPod. The show where we cut through the noise to bring you actionable insights from podcast industry experts. And for this discussion, we looked at the challenges of marketing a podcast, including how to apply proven strategies to your podcast promotion, how to leverage different channels, and how to effectively measure the success of your efforts. For this roundtable discussion, I was joined by Danny Rice, Marketing Manager at Dave, Joel Midgley, Head of Global Brand Marketing for The Guardian, Lucy Ferguson, Head of Content for Google's Ads and Industry Marketing team, James Wallace, Marketing Lead for NatWest Business, Claudia Collins, Head of Marketing and Membership for Tortoise Media, and Richard Blake, Director of Marketing and Growth for Fresh Air Productions. The acoustics of the room mean that the audio quality isn't quite perfect in some places, but the insights shared as part of this discussion more than make up for it.
1: Hi, I'm Danny. I work for Dave at UKTV.
0: I'm Joel Nichley, I'm the head of global brand
2: marketing
3: at The Guardian. My name's
2: Lucy. I work in content at Google, creating
4: content for marketers.
3: Hi, I'm James, the marketing lead for NatWest Business.
4: I'm Claudia, I'm head of marketing at Tortoise.
5: I'm Richard, I work for Fresh Air Production. For me, I love a set of goals. Get very obsessed with goals. If you know why you were doing a podcast in the first place, what audience you are targeting, what you want to say, what your story is, then that's a really good start for me.
4: I think it's really important to recognise that as much as you can be strategic about how you work with platforms, actually you need to work with their strategy. Mm. So of course we know are much happier to promote channels that have a subscription element. I think that as much as we on the production side want to be able to dictate that relationship or at least lead it, from our experience often it is about also understanding the audience of each platform mm. and we know that buy is much more at Gen Z and so we don't perform so well on that from Twitter's point of view.
3: For me personally, it's all about discoverability. So even though you think the Gen Z might be there or your age bracket might be here, actually it's not as simplistic as that. And the beauty of podcasting and with the distribution networks that are is that it actually doesn't cost you any more to be visible on all of them. Yeah. Just be on all of them. Yeah. yeah. And depending back to your objectives and your overarching why. Again, like people enjoy different social media platforms some people might spend more time including gen z which we typically think about like boomers on linkedin looking to talk about their i don't know dropping the kids off at school type thing people discover podcasts there too i think you've just got to make the content right for the channel there's nothing worse than seeing vertical content in linkedin and then the vice versa on tiktok and stuff so that's just like an ick for marketers mm-hmm. but yeah i would just say it's all it's always about discoverability making sure your titles your tags your keywords mm-hmm. and you're just showing up and then you can optimize thereafter yeah. but i think don't over complicate it i would say to people like just yeah. be everywhere yeah. even google podcast i think seven percent of listeners come from google podcast and i'm like <laughs> great let's do more there
2: um, and i guess <clears throat> just building on your point james probably potentially an underthought about channel might be youtube we had a discussion already this morning earlier about how good do your production values need to be? And some of the biggest podcasts that we see have pretty average production values when they upload their podcast to YouTube. And I think there's benefits in terms of marketing as well, because you can create shorts, you can innovate a bit more on your shorts than you would creating a whole new format. So there's and like you say, James, just going to where your audience is, there's an opportunity and that findability mm. and you know, utilising search, a, a big search algorithm, is all, are all kind of benefits to that platform,
3: potentially. Yeah. I think that's probably the most underutilised tactic in podcast marketing is search yeah. and SEO generally. No, yeah. I think people are searching. That's how I find podcasts. I literally just will search. I'm really big on LGBTs podcasting and if you can just search into Spotify, Apple, wherever you are, like I I'm listening to all sorts of new kind of things.
1: I think that's why it's like really take it back to basics. Know who your audience is. Like yes, know who the platform audience is, but really know who your podcast is for. Yeah. Because that's the way you're going to suck into the right search terms and that's the way that you're going to know, okay, what is it about the podcast that those people in particular are going to love? Because if you try and go after all, well, I think it's about 19 million people in the UK that are listening to podcasts. If you try and go after all of them, you're just not going to get there. I do think distribution-wise, reach is good, but you also have to know what is it your audience wants from a podcast and also how do they act in their day-to-day? Where's the best place to get them? What time is the best place to get them? And what else are they listening to? What are their other interests? And that sort of thing. But don't be afraid to test and learn. Podcasting is actually still a really new space for all of us. And give that platform a go. See how it goes. If it doesn't work, try a different one. But I would say allow yourself to isolate the results as well because if you go everywhere all at once you might not be able to in marketing in the podcast marketing you might not be able to tell which avenue is working best for you so you can also isolate and do almost like optimization tests and optimization and tests and that sort of thing
5: yeah i agree i think mean, that's what i really love about podcasting is because there's, like, there's always going to be another episode you can be really flexible and can be testimonial as you go i think one of the things i was going to say about goals is it's not as simple as just going, I want this number of listens because Apple measure things in slightly different ways. Spotify spotted by a lot of what we have to do is start off with just knitting together all the different platforms to fit to what the brand's objectives are to try and then, then you know, work out what why we're doing it.
4: And also I would say, and I don't know if this is quite exclusive to probably The Guardian and Tortoise and Newsrooms, is not everything we do is about m- mastery yes sometimes we're creating a podcast because we feel like this is a story worth telling and if it only reaches a certain people who are in that conversation mm. that is a proof of success
5: yeah we often talk about depth occasion, so listen yeah. like, and engagement so this is time that plays into why podcasting is great yeah
1: i think also give it time to bed in yeah. like we found that 55 percent of our target audience actually they discover podcasts way after they first started and they like having a really big volume of episodes to listen to as
2: marketers the way our budgets are Mm. created and the way that we work is around campaign and campaign spikes and what we all know in the room is that podcasts don't work around short rate campaigns they're about regularity format what to expect coming week in week out so I think there is a tension there between the two and I think some of the best podcasts certainly and definitely the best branded podcasts manage to avoid that like campaign spike and then go away after a few episodes and do keep that longevity and keep those podcasts going so that just as you said uh, the people can find them at a later date and come back to them and really engage with them
1: yeah what can be quite um nice for people to hear is that it doesn't matter if you're a massive business or just like a small creator we all have the same challenges yes we all it still takes time even if we've got huge reach on telly but Telly is not the place to get people to listen to podcasts, and that's something we discovered through testing and learning. And that's what I mean. Like even when you've got a reach of what nearly twenty million people a month, actually, that's the wrong reach.
4: It does feel like I said the suit that the podcast marketing feels a bit like the Wild West. Yeah.
3: There there is no right or wrong way. We've been doing, in Out West, we've been doing podcasts for six years. And I remember sitting there after we launched our first episode, I was refreshing the Apple podcast Mm -hmm. charts. (laughs) And I was like waiting for it to go to number one. And then we got to number one. And it. I was like, we're number one in the business charts, everyone. And it's like, we, we never got there ever again. <coughs>
4: um,
3: but I always think that if you're looking for virality and you're looking for fame and you're looking for all those vanity things that come with podcasting, maybe you shouldn't be doing it because there's another platform for that. When I think, don't just do podcasts for podcast sake. And we see so many brands, our competitors, and I enjoy watching them from a the field being like, oh, nice try type thing. We as marketers need to get comfortable when we put business cases together for why we need budget for podcasts that actually the ROI might be slightly delayed than uh, other things but it's still really crucial for brand metrics arguably depending on the vertical the niche the category whatever for more tactical things there's not going to be immediate overnight success to your point there's no magic wand i also have a podcast personally as well as professionally and it's i see the same on an individual basis i'll go onto my i use anchor uh, and like i'll just see random 100 listens overnight on a podcast that was released two years ago mm. and it's like i've got no idea how they found it yeah but like we're all to some degree in marketing generally outside not just the podcast but we are quite slaves to the algorithm like, there are certain things that we literally cannot control if tiktok yeah. wants to push your tiktok it will push your tiktok yeah. some things fly some things don't and the thing the same rules apply for for podcasting
5: yeah so on both Apple and Spotify, you've got those forms fill in where you work out how to pitch your show mm. I, you do say that you're right there is no magic wand the key bit for me is about originality and audience obviously but at the same time there are channels you can use where you can get momentum up quite quickly we find that advertising other podcasts works really well and it's surprising to whether you be yeah. drop or a host read or yeah. those two things we see the instant this is there advertising other podcast platforms the nearest thing to a sort of a a magic wand is using castbox because castbox have a kind of they promote it but on their platform hmm. that's a really simple way of driving as super downloads really quickly from my point of view social is nice in terms of a distribution channel it drives great reach it's got amazing data youtube is something i want to do more with because they again your podcast platform too and we will continue to grow that but it doesn't really convert very well
1: i don't know i mean it depends. I think that's where video becomes really important and having the ability to have as many assets out there as possible. Yeah. Because I think social video, dependent on your audience, could be underutilized because it can drive trial in a visual medium. Yeah. But I do agree. I think audio platforms, because you know they're in that headspace and they're already listeners to music or podcasts you're catching them at a point where they're really interested. Mm. So to that extent I agree. But I do think social can drive trial if it's done properly.
3: We've had really polished snippets cut down. And it's just like an ad. It could be on T V and it just doesn't feel native to how people want to consume podcasts. You want to be in the room to your point earlier, like you want to feel like it's an intimate thing or a fly on the wall. And it, if it feels too polished or too high value, it's like TikTok. If you get served a TikTok that's an app, yeah. like, yeah. no.
1: You want it to feel like it's meant to be there instead of,
3: yeah, a yeah, brand has just appeared. Referrals, I think, work really well as like, people sharing it with friends and family. That can actually grow mm-hmm. your engagement quite quickly. Yeah, completely. I
5: think the networks and beyond, those kind of things are really underutilized. But brilliant with podcasts because yeah, you're essentially getting the right audience to listen to at the right time and they build up their own recommendations very really quickly yeah
2: and do you have to recommend when brand's basically using you as a consultant right now but <laughs> <laughs> do you make a recommendation around the percentage of the total spend you would spend like this percent on creating the podcast and yeah. this percent on promoting it do you have a general recommendation for that it
5: depends but yeah i normally just say you should spend as much on promotion as a, as you do on production as a starting point because everyone just goes we think we should promote this but we don't know how how long we, what do we do okay
2: do you um What are your success metrics that you sell into the business to to justify, like, continuing with
5: podcast? So for us, it's
3: always starting with the why. What What are our overarching brand objectives? For us, it's making sure that our consideration scores are at the top of the category and our preference scores are at the top of the category. And my argument is that in order to get there, we need to become thought leaders in the space of small businesses. How do we get into the space of being a thought leader? We need to be on podcasts and we need to be having, like, really meaningful really powerful, relevant, culturally relevant conversations where our small businesses are playing or listening or
0: consuming media in general. One of the biggest issues that we've spoken about a lot today is things like ROI tracking and podcasting is difficult to measure those metrics. A lot of it is thumb in the air type. Measurements. A lot of it is just based on intuition, gut feeling, brand lifts, studies. You know no one needs to
3: know how many listens we've got. No, absolutely, and no one actually cares either. Yeah. So I think there's something about perception being reality, mm. and just by having really good, valuable, relevant content is just as important as saying, "Oh, we got three hundred thousand views." Because ultimately, three hundred thousand listens on a podcast episode is relevant if the, the the person came away
0: feeling absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> the thing that really takes me off is none of the numbers match each other. Now you get the numbers from your hosting backend and you go, okay, I've had X amount of lessons from Apple, say. So you go over to the Apple backend, completely different number than seemingly has no connection to the one you got from the hosting backend. Same thing with Spotify. So there is no single source of truth in terms of numbers. It is, or certainly seems to be a large amount of guesswork mm. going into it, which from a marketing and ROI perspective is challenging.
5: Yeah, mm. that's a problem. I think Apple and Spotify really choose to see what they share with you. So that's definitely a challenge. Mm. Like I do not know whether you guys you could go with Spotify rat. Do you see your Spotify rat? Mm. And there were things like, oh, you got shared by WhatsApp for like 20 times. I was like, I didn't even know I could tell that. And they <laughs> didn't. They just reveal that on mm. uh, Christmas. I think the, for me, the publisher platform is our source of truth because it tells you downloads and downloads means the same across every every podcast platform. So I use that as a kind of, it's not perfect. Absolutely. And we do make assumptions, but it is the easiest proxy to a humanist number. It's the closest. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're right. Apple and Spotify measure things in slightly different ways. But what we tend to do is what we've done is basically go, what do we rely on the most? What do we think is the most trusted? How are they sourcing that data? For us to feel like we could trust it and then knitting it together. Yeah. So I mean, we use listen through rates in Apple, for instance, yeah. and we thought it's the most reliable. We use demographics and suggest five because it's the most reliable. So it's, it, it's none of it's perfect. You're absolutely right. And the person who magically knits it all together is going to be great. Look, the, the fact that we
0: need to knit it together from eight different sources in the first place in
5: 2023 <laughs> is crazy about <laughs> <So your laughs> I've had a lot of more traction with is uh, attention I mean, we haven't talked a huge amount about attention but attention for podcasts was amazing because it's 90% mm-hmm. your yeah. you're not like scrolling through your phone watching TV seeing an ad so it's really immersive so I use time spent quality time spent and cost per minute of attention yep. as the two metrics I use quite a lot of and people go oh okay But, but does I... it...
3: that mean consideration because I love Stephen Bartlett I will only ever listen to 50% of an episode because mm. I Get bored. but it doesn't mean i don't like him any less it just means that i've got some form of attention deficit disorder and i can't listen to an hour and 45 minutes of what one person speaking yeah so it's really it's still i think we just need to remember that human being is very complex all of our, all of our media consumption is always going to be different to the next person as well like it yeah i try not to get hung up on view through rates mm. i think subscribers are an interesting one yeah we follow a rate follow a rate board, the, yeah yeah because that also, sh- that's a free audience as well. Because the next time you release an, uh, an episode, they get a push notification. I'm like, free listen, free listen. So I always plug, get people to follow, get people to subscribe. I think that's building a community, building your audience. But the next time you
0: release an episode, it gets yeah n- natively bigger. And that's a really interesting kind of growth strategy for podcasts that I want to touch on. Because I believe that's something that Tortoise does quite a lot, is using the feeds for things like Slow Newscast and Sweet Bobby and the established podcasts that have big audiences yeah. to do feed drops for new stuff, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, we use that a lot, mainly for a big hitter that or something a multi-parter that we've got coming out. Yeah. And we have Sweet Bobby came out. I keep talking about it because it's. I mean, it was enormous. It was huge, and it was. We still have listens every week. We still sort of grow on that, so we can utilize that feed, which we do when we've got a new series coming out. And slow Newscast as well, which is just growing every week. We use that. We try not to use the feed necessarily for slow Newscast. Uh, we do, We also do feed drop swaps as well mm. with other brands
0: as well, which we definitely think helps. There's way more, I think there's just more of a willingness to work together, share audiences where it feels like it's going to be additive to the audience because I think there's maybe an acknowledgement that these are not necessarily paid for products so that they're, they're just ways of engaging with your audience. How have people found email? as a marketing vector for podcasts because that's something that i think is quite underutilized by a lot of podcasts is that something that you guys have experimented with
5: yeah we use it a lot and you're right it's very undervalued and but you see a much much bigger response than any kind of display or social campaign i'm big big fan of newsletters
4: we use we have a daily newsletter that goes out and we have marketing emails as well and because we have a membership base with tortoise so we have those people who are already super engaged, they that that's where they'll first hear about our podcast. And actually, another thing I'd add, which is slightly veering off, but we do have a proportion of our audience who still miss and love the written word. And I was saying earlier to you, and we those people are consuming our podcast, but via a transcript. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. can nudge them as much as we want to listen, but they will come back to us. And if the transcript's not there, we will get a nudge from them because are am missing the transcript. And there is a way to still engage with those people, even if the medium is podcasting. I think increasingly, when I think of how I
2: engage with podcasts, the image of the podcast, the, that recognisable image is really important. And it's also yes. a really tiny button on my phone, microscopic, yeah, really, for my age of eyes. And so I think really to think about having a very recognisable, Brand that you can see in yeah. pretty few pixels, and to repeat that across all of your content, social, yeah. YouTube, of course, YouTube Shorts, is really important to build that brand because people, if it's too busy, people just won't see it when they're on their like favorite Spotify. Yeah. And
3: all yeah. the big po- podcasters are doing it. Even Stephen yeah. barter will have a watermark yeah of like diver CEO and private parts and Jamie Langmith, yeah. and, and like just like consistent and like brand color
0: palettes and yeah. design languages. So
1: it's a really interesting point actually because we did some research with our target audience and one of the podcasts they brought up in terms of discoverability was Wolf and Now*, which is with Ramesh Ranganathan and Tom Davis. Now they are clearly big names but the thumbnail is a cartoon mm. and their names are quite small because the thumbnails are really small and actually it took people, obviously it's Tom Davis and Ramesh Ranganathan, it was going to go well but it took time because people didn't really recognize what thumbnail was, they couldn't see their faces because they're dressed in Wolf and Al yeah. in costumes and so that was something that came back from research. And people were like, oh, I'm drawn to thumbnails that I recognise. And so that was something that we we found as well, was that's what the audience were telling us as well. They were like, if we recognise it, we'll go to it.
0: Now, as always, that was just a small snippet of a much longer and wider-ranging discussion. If you'd like to be part of our next roundtable event, please do get in touch with us. Thanks to all of our panelists for joining us, and thank you for listening. I've been Adam Shepard, and this has been another episode of Sounding Board. We'll see you next time.